It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, go to ellerslie.com. Eric, we've been walking through some life lessons over these last couple of episodes. And we should probably mention too that in a couple of weeks, we're actually starting our three new series, yeah. uh, the first week of December. So you're going to be having a series. You want to give a quick like 10 second? Boy, we didn't prep for that at all. Like I know. I just I'm, springing that on me. Always be ready. Uh, I was thinking as you were talking that in all of our warmups when we've been trying to prep for even sharing this episode, you keep going into chuckle mode. That's true. Uh, and so I was thinking when you were first talking, I almost started chuckling. <laughs> so I'm guessing we're going to be fine, but I wasn't ready for this. But, oh. you know, what's Dan McConaughey's statement? Always be ready. Right. So it's called the Life and, Life and Leadership Lessons from Teddy Roosevelt. Whew, it is a powerful uh, meditation. And it's basically a sketch through his life. It'll be a 12-episode series. And, but applying it to our spiritual life. And so Teddy Roosevelt, flawed character, but with some characteristics that we could really use in the church of Jesus Christ today, and we could really use in our lives. He, he's an overcomer. It's one of those classic overcomer tales, you know, from uh, physical weakness. You know, there's no way this guy's going to ever lead anything, let alone become considered by many not just one of the greatest presidents, but one of the greatest men of the century and uh, a typification of the strong man. And uh, it's, it's a powerful, powerful uh, meditation. So I'm very excited about it. That's How about good. I, I know we're going to be recording yours soon. I'm super excited to hear it. Uh, I'm going to be walking through what I'm calling life in the word. So looking at what does it mean to live in Jesus and in the word of God. And uh, just really excited just to be diving into just the richness of what does the Christian life actually look like. And then our third series is actually going to be the continuation of this one. Yes. So we, we started life lessons. We've looked at two of them so far, and then we're just going to continue with, there's eventually going to be 16 of these uh, in this series. Are we going to move this to a table? Uh, remember we, we <laughs> talked about that last week, that we're, you and I would actually rather have these conversations of our life lessons with a computer in front of us so that we have better access to scripture and, and so we'll, on. We'll, we'll see. I know we talked about that. They have no idea what we're talking about since yeah. I think this was off camera. Uh, but yeah, we, we've been talking about uh, switching up and having a table, which is, uh, well, we do have a table, I guess. We do, but, but it's sort uh, of hard to like unwieldy <laughs> to stick our computer there. But yeah. having a rule table, yeah. uh, we'll have to see how, how the next couple of weeks uh, flow. Yeah. So we'll see. Do you still have that chuckle? Uh, we'll, right. we'll see how, we'll see how, the, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Uh, so in terms of this life lesson, we're talking about this idea of waiting and we live in a culture that really detests waiting. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're such an instant gratification yeah. society. Uh, we want everything in the instant. Could you just maybe outline this concept of why is waiting so important in the Christian life? I think God designed us to be led. We're like sheep and sheep without a shepherd are lunch for the wolf. And yet like sheep, we are prone <laughs> to go astray. We, we are prone to have our own agenda. And yet the protection of a sheep is to rest in the shadow of, of their shepherd. And I always say, you know, I always hit, hit my ankle and I say, there's your secret as a sheep. Hang out right there. You hang out with your shepherd at his ankle. And when he moves, you move. When he stops, you stop. And if you do that, you're a great sheep and you'll thrive as a sheep. When you wander that's when you become vulnerable because your protection is found in that shepherd shadow. And so 
I think for you and I, there's there's a language in this waiting, and waiting is a hard word to describe because oftentimes it sounds like passivity, but it's not passivity. It's actually an active engagement in following, in heeding, in submitting. It is a very, it takes a lot of energy <laughs> to, to wait well. And like a, 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 a farmer is a great picture of waiting. And yet most people are like, farmer, what does that have to do with waiting? A farmer can't produce his crops. He can't bring rain, but there is something he can do. And this is similar for us. There's certain things that as a believer, we become submitted to God's power, to God's way, to God's leadership. And there's certain things we cannot produce. We cannot produce the fruit of the spirit in our life, but he will produce it in and through us when we wait on him. And just like a farmer, there will be a crop. It will be produced when the farmer does what a farmer is supposed to do, which is he's supposed to till the soil. He's supposed to ready the soil. He's supposed to plant the seed. But he has to do so knowing that God will bless a farmer's work, that there is a certain, in a sense, rule book, heavenly rule book that God looks down at the farmer and says, you do your part and I will do my part. And that is what brings about a crop. And the same is true in our life is waiting is not a passive thing. It's a very active thing engaged, just like a sheep saying, okay, ankle, ankle, ankle. Oh, shepherd's moving. I follow shepherd's stopping. I stay for us as believers. That's actually a pretty good enunciation for what it is. That's good. I think this is applicable in a lot of arenas, right? We, uh, probably the one that we naturally gravitate to because of our students is the area of romance, mm-hmm. right? Like when do I get married and how long do I wait in my singleness? But there's other arenas too, like whether it's health, yeah. uh, healing, uh, whether it's just direction in life and where am I supposed to be going to school or what am I, what am I supposed to be doing for work? And uh, what about family timing? And, and there's just all these micro decisions. And I think sometimes we get so overwhelmed because we're, uh, we're uncertain about the way God's leading right before we got on here, we were talking about the difference between... This is when you were chuckling. This is probably when I was chuckling. <laughs> Just those the two dynamics uh, or these two groups. In other words, we have a group that has a natural propensity to be very content with where they're at and you know plant themselves and be like, I'm good. And when God says, let's go, they're like, uh, no, 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 uh, uh-huh. we're, we're fine. There's another group that almost is the opposite of that where it's like they're running forward and God's like, whoa, 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 settle, settle down, slow down, and uh, and just wait. Will you give the illustration of the cloud? Because I think the idea of the Exodus and uh, and wandering in the wilderness and having to be uh, having to follow the lead of a cloud or, or a fire by night, I think is a great imagery along with the shepherd thing. Um, and then maybe we can explore maybe one of those as an as an illustration. Yeah, and I think we even are naming this episode "Following the Cloud," so we better get into this cloud illustration. But for those of you that are familiar with... We could have called it Shepherd's Shadow, which has a great alliteration. Huh. So we, we, who knows? We might just change the I like how you think. That's nice. Since since you said that earlier. (laughs) I'm just telling what you said. (laughs) But God is going to sort of give a revelation of his person in and through this cloud in the Old Testament. It's, It's a cloud by day, pillar of fire by night that is going to lead the Israelites through this season of wilderness. And the wilderness is a hot place. And what's interesting is, even though this is the life lesson that is on the docket for us to share, this Sunday, uh, one of our guys, Joe, got up and shared a little devotional, and he talked about the cloud. 
and it's perfectly fits what we're we're talking about today is that outside of that cloud there's scorching heat in the wilderness and and wilderness for those who don't know is a desert we're, we're not yes. talking rocky mountain wilderness oh, like that's that's what point. i think of when i heard wilderness and when i you know when you studied out it's like oh it's like a miserable desert like it is you know 120 130 in the in the summer and so what do you need you, you want that cloud and yep. so you want to heed the cloud and when the cloud moves you really want to move with it and when it stays you don't want to go off on your own outside of the cloud and what a great picture uh could you talk about the three dimensions of a master servant relationship and a shepherd uh sheep relationship and how that applies to the cloud yeah um i think it was dan mcconaughey who, who first mentioned the idea of a of the servant and the and the master in roman culture during like the time of paul it's, it's interesting, Paul uses that language of, I'm a slave of Christ, I'm a slave of Christ, and it seems offensive in our day, but it's actually incredibly beautiful when you look at it in its dimensions. But one of the aspects of that is that according to Roman law, even bad masters had to provide their slaves three things, uh, protection, provision, and direction. And then I notice, isn't that fascinating that those are the same three things that even bad shepherds will give their sheep. They will always give protection, provision, and direction. And and then Joe brought this in terms of the, the cloud on, on Sunday. But just that idea of, you know, when you look at the cloud or the fire by night, the reason it's there is actually those same three things. It's yeah. giving protection, it's giving provision, it's giving direction. And outside of the cloud or the fire, there's actually death, mm-hmm. right? Because if you're outside of the, uh, the, the cool of the day with the cloud or the warmth at night, because the mm-hmm. desert gets freezing at night, there's, there's actually death so in the midst of the following and the waiting, there's actually life that's given, which is a beautiful picture with Jesus being a good shepherd, with Jesus being the good master. And the concept was if, if even bad masters and bad uh, shepherds would give those three things to you know, their sheep or their slaves, how much more is our Heavenly Father going to give us that which we need? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a fun thought too that, and we've said this multiple times, but when you look at those three things, protection, provision, direction, uh, those are the three things that we pray for more more often than anything else. And yet God's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I will give that to you. That that's that's guaranteed because I'm a good shepherd or I'm a good, you know, master. And yet those are the ones that we tend to be fixated on more than anything else. So getting practical, because when you're talking about following a cloud, it's like, how practical is that? But that is our life. Our life is on usually on one end of the spectrum, we'd like to think that it's in the perfect balance position where it's just like, God moves, I move. God stays, I stay. But we oftentimes are fighting it from one angle or the other. And like you said, there's the cloud, it's in the wilderness, and we want out of the wilderness. We want to move forward into the full promised land. We want the land flowing with milk and honey. And so we want to jump ahead of God. Classic challenge that many of us have or have struggled with is we want to get ahead of God because God is moving way too slow. <laughs> and I i mean, I can tell you multiple seasons of my life and moments in my life where it's just like, you ask me, would I like to push a fast forward button? Yes. But God doesn't supply a fast forward button. There's something about waiting, mm. which cultivates our spiritual life. And God knows we need it. And it demands trust, it demands faith to actually hold on and not jump ahead of God. We have to trust his timing. I call it the choreography of the Holy Spirit, that his timing is perfect. 
And you never regret it when you wait for his timing, even though in the moment it always seems slower than as a human you would prefer it. It is always the right time. Opposite end of the spectrum, you have the character, and we've probably all been this character too, where it's just like we sort of like where we're at in life and we don't really want to rock the boat. We don't really want to move forward because we sort of like the season we're in. And God moves. <laughs> the cloud moves. And that's actually another challenge for us is to not allow our personal comforts to dictate our readiness to move. There are some people probably listening to this right now, which are in that zone because the, especially the American culture, I, I could say North American culture and throw the Canadians in with us. And I'm guessing I could throw in a lot of other cultures around the world where we're more comfortable than maybe we should be. And it becomes harder. You know, you can have your seasons like, God, I'll follow you anywhere. And then you get a little, you know, tubby around the middle and you're, then God moves and you're like, you know what? I'm not really that interested in following. And I think you said it. It's death either way. If you stay when the cloud moves or you jump ahead of the cloud, either one leads to death. And you never regret, and this is why it's a life lesson for both of us, you will never regret staying in stride with the cloud. I think that's one of the beautiful things about the Christian life is that what what we're actually saying as the undercurrent of this is we have and you said a little bit earlier, but we have to depend, we have to abide, we have to trust, uh, we have to walk in faith. And that's, I think, really hard because we want the control position. Uh, we want to dictate when we move, when we don't move. And like the, the illustration I've often used is walking backwards in the will of God. I don't, I have no idea what God's doing. I have peripheral guesses, but God promises that he will give enough light for one step. And though, though he may not always show the spotlight, he gives me enough insight to say, trust walk right there. And I know that as long as the light is moving, I, I can move there. But it demands a trust and a dependency on, on our God to say, okay, I will I will follow regardless of the cost, regardless of what it means. And, and again, I think that is a hard thing in, in modern American Christianity. And yet that is Christianity. It is a, uh, it's a constant surrender, abiding dependence on, on, our, on our God. Do you have any other thoughts in terms of regardless of what part of the spectrum we're in, how do we how do we heed? And in other words, the promise of scripture is uh and there was someone saying, Okay, well, how do I know? Mm -hmm. I would say, Well, God will make it clear. I mean, the sheep know the voice of the shepherd. Mm -hmm. So my exhortation would be like, Well, the more you get to know Jesus, the the more you know the voice of your shepherd, the more clear it's going to be. Mm -hmm. Do you have any practical thoughts just even to add on to that of if someone's saying, Okay, but how do I know when to wait? How do I know when to go? Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, my simple answer yeah. is you'll know. God God will make it clear. But do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I I, I used to be in that same boat when I was when I was young in the faith. It was almost like a panic that everyone else could like pick up on it. They would know the cloud is moving. They'd know the cloud is staying, and I would be the one that would miss it. It's this fear that spirituality and following God is dependent upon my ability, instead of recognizing that it's actually dependent upon His ability to communicate with me. And if I truly trust that He's a good leader that he's a good father, that he's a good shepherd, that he he has the onus on him to lead me. And if I genuinely desire to follow, I've oftentimes said, I don't care how blind I am, he heals blindness. I don't care how deaf I am in being able to hear, he heals deafness. He is greater than my blindness and my deafness. And if I have a genuine desire to follow, 
he will communicate my language to my soul so that I know where he's going because he desires me to be in that shadow. He desires me to be at that ankle. It's not that he's just, you know, moving and saying, well, you know what? You blew it, bud. But he is inviting me personally into success as opposed to setting me up for failure. Yeah, when my mentor said it this way, if you're truly seeking Jesus, he will not let you miss it. In other words, he knows how to speak your language. He knows your quirks. He knows your oddities. He knows your personality. And we all have oddities and quirks. No offense. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But yet God will use those to speak to us. And the way that, you know, when you talk about how God speaks to you, it makes no sense to me. But oh, I, it makes total sense. But I'm not Eric. And if I try to explain how God spoke to me, you'd probably think I'm nuts. So, but but the reality is that we can trust and God knows how to communicate. If, if I don't know Chinese, he's not going to speak Chinese to me. No. And I can rest as long as I'm getting to know him. And, and the more I know his voice, the more I'm in the word, it actually allows me to hear and, and discern when he is moving in that cloud. Eric, just as a way to close, there's probably a lot of people listening who are in that tension and that struggle. Will you mind just even just praying for just clarity and for wisdom that in the, even that just God would get bigger in our, in our perspective, in our hearts and our minds so that we can discern, especially in the days in which we live where that cloud is moving so that we can stay in stride. Let's do that. Father, we do ask for that as the body of Christ. We ask for that clarity, that uh, sense of your leadership over us. I pray that each of us today, whether we're threatening to jump ahead or uh, linger behind, I pray that we would, leap in the direction of your shepherd's ankle, and that we would just crave to be under that shadow of protection. Lord Jesus, you are such a good leader, and we submit ourselves to you afresh today and declare we follow you. It's in the precious name of Jesus that we ask this. Amen. Amen. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. If you'd like to learn more about Ellerslie, our discipleship programs, or support the ministry financially, please go to ellerslie.com to learn more. Thanks for listening.